Hey guys, out there in cold weather land, wherever you may be, uh, you know, if this was a radio show, our call sign would be KBRRR because burr, it's cold outside. <laughs> it was 14 degrees last night in Cherokee County, Alabama. I let my dog Buford T. Justice out to go pee. I had to chisel him off the lamppost. <laughs> he was farting little tiny snowflakes running back into the house. It was cold last night, guys. Well, he's yeah. a little dude, too. Well, he's got fur. He does, but he's still... Not enough. He doesn't have enough body fat. Yeah, well, by the time... You, as I say this, it's 20 degrees outside. By the time your ears hear this later this week, Wednesday or Thursday, it's going to be 60 five degrees in Cherokee County on Thursday, which proves the point. If you don't like the weather in Alabama, just stick around 24 hours because it will completely change. Yeah. And you can never put up clothing. So whatever your, whatever your wardrobe capsule is, you just got to keep it year round. Yeah. That's, I just, I don't even try to hang shirts, short sleeve shirts in one side of the closet or uh, the jackets in the other. It's just a, a jumble, a massive jumble of, I don't know what, and I'll just stand there and go, nope, not cold enough for that. Too cold for that until, and it takes longer. I have to get up five minutes early every day. I have found, and you guys know I'm, this is me. Uh, I have found that if you organize your closet by color. That's helpful. I do not know anything about that. <laughs> Mine would just be 75% black, Mine is 25%, <laughs> whatever else is in there. Mine is a, a lot Mine of would be black blue. and uh, beige. Mine would be mostly blue. <laughs> guys, my name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. Kelly Turner, not a doctor. Katie Givens, not a lawyer. So guys, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I forgot what I said because there is Kahlua in my coffee this morning. Mm. But this is episode number 144 okay. of True Crime on Easy Street. Your team of experts... Uh, slamming you in the face again with more true crime today. I think we're going to have a nutty one today. I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. what it is. I'm in. I'm in the dummy chair today, Kelly. Okay. You're in the driver's seat, the big chair. Okay. So, but now I think before we get started, <laughs> yeah, right now it's a little late. Hold on. I think, uh, Katie, you said you had something you wanted to mention. Yes. Okay. Well, I've got a few things. Okay. First is I cleaned out my office a few weeks ago. Scott has said nothing. Now that you mention it, I did not trip over anything on it the way to my chair. Lovely it does look here. nice there in has here. Been no boxes in here for weeks, yeah, the, and he has the diploma said on the wall is right side up. That's an improvement. You know. <laughs> I did earn one. It's so and it's so small too. I should get like a real frame for it, but it is what it is for now. <laughs> um, also, yeah. I watched Goodfellas. What? what? Wow, we are making progress with this. And what did you think? It was good. Yeah, did you it was like good. It? It's, it's okay. very long. Yeah, but I stayed awake through the whole thing. So that is you can't go already. to sleep during Goodfellas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. At I made Shane watch it with me, and he said after it was done, he was like. I like Casino better. And I said, so, well, I guess nope. we can do it. Had he yes. never seen it? No, he's seen it. Okay. Mm. But no, I don't, I think, I think Casino Goodfellas, is even longer, isn't it? It's as long, if not longer. I think, yeah. I think Goodfellas is the better of the two, but that's a personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Both good though. Can't yeah. go wrong with either I'm one. I'm not going to tell Shane he's wrong about something because you never <laughs> want to do that. Yes. He will convince you that you're wrong. So I, I got some TV watching in. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. And um, cleaned my office. So that's my updates. Hey. All right. Super I don't, I don't have that. a shout out this week, yeah. okay. uh, although I do have one thing to mention. I okay. went out into our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went to my personal Facebook page and there's, there's a trick that you can do. Go to my page and then go to the True Crime on Easy Street page and hit the little three buttons on the right side and invite all your friends. And I got about 20 new followers for our Facebook page. Oh, So thanks, thanks to everybody who jumped on board. We've got over 700 followers now. Hey. That's on awesome. our way to 10 million. So, you know, if you haven't done it yet, uh, well, don't goals. forget to do that. Yeah. yeah. Goals are good to have. So, uh, you guys do the same thing, maybe, and we'll see if we yeah. get to 800 next week. That's fantastic. Right, awesome. That's, Thanks. That's it. I'm taking a break. Okay. Housekeeping aside now, yes. right? 
All right, so here we go. Um, um, you know it's serious when the, the glasses are about oh, to go on. She has her glasses, glasses on, and she's got her big uh, uh, notepad. Her a giant iPad. Her here. giant iPad. Sorry, but, so. but I can't make the words any bigger on this. Oh, they, so they look kind of small there. I'm I'm that seems like a flaw in design. Do and, and I'm I'm going to say it's probably user error, but yeah, it I'm doing right. the I'm doing the thing. Where I see you pinching, your fingers or, yeah. and it's not working. So. Okay, okay. So <clears throat> here we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go to California, shall we? All right, uh, all right. I want to talk briefly about a man named Matthew Muller. He was a U.S. Marine from 1995 to 1999. He graduated from Harvard in 2006 and practiced immigration law in the San Francisco area. He was disbarred in 2015. Oh, never mind. I know who you're talking about. Story over. (laughs) Yeah, I know who it is. That was quick. Do we know why he was disbarred? Oh, yes. Or we will. We will know before the end of the show today. Has anyone ever been to Mare Island in California? Mare, no. Mare what, Island? Mm. M-A-R-E. No. I not. What's it close to? It is close to Vallejo. It's actually attached to Vallejo by a bridge. Mm-hmm. And it is, for the most part, a quiet and safe area to live. So you go across the bridge, there's all these uh, nice little homes. I wouldn't say it's up upscale. Mm-hmm. I would say it's middle class area. Very Calm, peaceful, quiet area. Um, a nice little area of California to live, I, w- I would definitely say. And of course, you know, the weather in California. I mean, come on. I feel like there's a butt coming here, though. As cold as it is here right <laughs> now, we'd love to have some of that good California, Southern California weather, yeah. right? So, like I said, for the most part, it's a quiet and safe area to live. However, we have brought it up on this podcast, so just so it stay can't tuned. be that quiet. Correct. In 2014, the Mare Island Creeper was terrorizing the people who lived on the island. He would peep into their homes and take pictures. And this crime was reported to the police in Vallejo multiple times. Some of the folks who lived there on the island decided we're going to take matters into our own hands because the police are not doing anything about it. So they don't have their own police out on the island. It's like They use Vallejo. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. They followed him and determined that he lived there on Mare Island. He was ex-military and was a lawyer at the time. And that's in 2014. Nothing ever happened with that. So fast forward to 2015. We have Denise Huskins and Aaron Quinn, and they are dating. They're actually living together in Aaron Quinn's home on Mare Island. But as a lot of relationships go, they're having some issues. So Aaron had a relationship before Denise, and he was engaged. To to, the previous person. To the previous girlfriend. Her name was Amber. Her name is Amber, I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. still today. I think she's changed it. Um, But Aaron discovers that Amber's cheating on him and so they they break up. He gets his heart broken. But he starts dating Denise, and they had issues with the ex. 
not necessarily the ex trying to come back into Aaron's life, more so Aaron's not necessarily ready to let go uh, of the ex. Not completely Because the over heart it. was broken. Sure. And so they work through that and they're able to stay together and move past it. And on the evening of March 22nd, 2015, Aaron tells Denise that he loves her for the first time. So that's a sweet, All right. sweet story. They, and they've been together for a few months, I assume, at this yes. time, right? Several yes. months. That was March 22nd, 2015. In the early morning hours of March 23rd, 2015, an intruder breaks into the, the home. Aaron's home. They're both there in bed. It's about 3 a.m. They wake up to a bright light and laser light flashing in their faces. The intruder uses a pre-recorded voice to give them instructions to cooperate. The intruder claimed to be from a well-organized, highly trained group of criminals who collected financial debt. The couple believes that they saw as many as three attackers inside their home that night. Hmm. They are drugged. So the way they're drugged is they're given something to drink. They don't know what it is, but the intruder tells them, you either drink this or you're going to be injected with it. Either way, your choice. Okay. Later, it is determined it was NyQuil and then diazepam, something like that. They were a little questionable. NyQuil never worked on me. I could could just drink NyQuil all the time. In fact, I still do. But when you pair it with something stronger, it lights out. Uh, So they're drugged, they're restrained, and Denise is kidnapped. Later that day on March 23rd, when Aaron wakes up from being drugged and frees himself from, from being restrained, he calls the Vallejo Police Department around 1.53 p.m. In the call, you can hear his speech is consistent with someone who's been drugged. If you know that he's just waking up from being drugged. He sounds groggy. His voice makes sense. The police are going to note that his voice sounds very calm. And, and I guess it does. Mm-hmm. But once you, you hear his story, it makes sense the way his voice Why is. Why he the, sounded mm-hmm. the way he did. Correct. Now, Aaron tells law enforcement that the kidnap, kidnapper has already contacted him on his cell phone and has demanded $17,000 for Denise's release and that he's going to contact Aaron on this same phone later that day to discuss arrangements. So law enforcement from Vallejo takes Aaron's phone and puts it on airplane mode. So I'm going to use a a Scott phrase, stick a pin in that. Ah, okay. Well, I, that doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. No, it it, it does not make as far as trying to figure out any sense. What's happening? Now, now Aaron is going to continue to speak with a man named Matt Mustard with the Vallejo Police Department, and Matt tells tells him basically he's going to figure out how to turn this so Aaron is the monster. So Aaron just needs to confess. So from the beginning, Matt Mustard doesn't buy Aaron's story. He doesn't believe him. He thinks about the laser lights and the drugging and the restraints and the kidnapping. Everything. He says, she's gone. You know, she's gone. Okay. You know, you go ahead and confess, which is, you know, 80% of the time, probably right. exactly what happened. Did it. The boyfriend did yeah, it. So know. they think he's Scott Peterson. Yes. Basically. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Or, you know, there's also another documentary about a guy who, who murders his wife and two children and, and yeah. 
Yeah, you see it everywhere. Because it, it's usually, I mean, strangers don't usually kill strangers. That is very rare to have this home invasion. So they're not buying the story. So at this point, I don't necessarily have a problem with them not buying his story. They want to, they want to make sure that Aaron is telling the truth. I don't understand putting the phone on airplane mode. I can't imagine a single reason for that. I don't understand that, but whatever. And I don't know if it was a mistake or... You don't I, accidentally I, put a phone I, on airplane. Yeah, you've you got to do a couple of different things to get there. You can't yeah. just. Accidentally... And I don't know if they were going to try to save the charge of the battery. If they <gasps> right. maybe that's standard. I, I just trying. I can't to imagine it's standard. Make some sense out of this. Yeah, plug it in. I don't yeah. know, but you'll see. We'll try to make sense out of a lot of things that we won't be able to. Later on, fast forward to March twenty fourth. So one day later. You know, he calls Vallejo police March 23rd at 1.53 p.m. Fast forward to March 24th at 2 a.m. Aaron's still being interrogated. He agrees to take a polygraph, which is administered by an FBI agent, Agent French. So we've got French's mustard so far. Think about that. Yeah, French's mustard. All right. Yeah. And now how long has he been with them? That's 12 hours. 12 hours? Yeah. All right. I think a total, he was... 18 hours total is how long he was interrogated. Well, One word, s- lawyer. I was about to say, let me say this. I'm not a lawyer. I cannot give legal advice. Mm-mm. But this is just some good old-fashioned people-to-people advice. Mm-hmm. Don't be in a police station for 12 hours without a, a lawyer. No. And mm-hmm. don't take a don't take a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. No. You don't have to. It's not admissible. If you pass it, all it can do is make you look worse. All it can do is hurt you. If you yeah. fail it. Yes. So, this is a story that is part of a documentary that is on netflix and it is an, a really good documentary yeah. yes, I think it it's is. put together very well. three parts you can see this interview you can see when they're taking him off of the polygraph you can they've taken his clothes they've taken blood samples they've taken they've swabbed his mouth they've they have put him in prison clothes i mean he, he looks in jail clothes mm. he, he's got on jail clothes yeah like this literally the striped pajama bottoms he does you see the the fbi agent take the the lie detector equipment off of him and he says you failed miserably without a doubt just go ahead and confess. He goes so far as to tell Aaron that your family's going to support you. They're going to back you up, and then you're going to end up being a monster, and, and you're going to When ruin, it turns out that you did this to, yes, to Denise. You're going to ruin their lives. Just go ahead and tell us what we already know. Where is she? She's mm-hmm. gone. Where is she? And he just puts his head in his hands, and he said, he finally says the word lawyer. Lawyer. And, and the agent is talking, and then he stops in mid-sentence. He has to. It's being recorded, like you said. And yeah. when you ask for a lawyer, that's it. And yep. he says, what? And the guy says, I guess I need a lawyer. And he immediately gets up and leaves the room. Yep. And that stopped the whole circus, this 18-hour circus that's been going on with Aaron when he said lawyer. I think that there's one thing that I remember from watching that portion of that documentary. And I remember thinking that there was a, there was a place in that interview where it, it turned and it became obvious to me 
and I don't know why it didn't become obvious to Aaron, or maybe he just didn't want to admit it, that that he was the number one suspect. And right. that's the point where I'm going to say, all right, if you think I did it, this is over. Mm-hmm. But well, he kept trying to explain the same story over and over and, and over. And he kept saying, I want you to find her. I yeah. want you to find her. And then he finally just says, I guess I need a lawyer. Yep. He was he was as cooperative as he possibly could have. Too cooperative, in my opinion. He was yep. cooperative to the point of, I'm sitting there watching and I'm going, oh my goodness, he's so naive. Mm-hmm. But he says in the documentary that he trusts the police. He thought he had no reason not to trust yeah. the police. I want her found. You guys are the cops. Help. Go find her. Help. And and the intruder had already told him not to go to the police. That's right. He struggled with the decision. They had asked him for $17,000. He's trying to come up with that kind of money to give to the to the abductors. Yeah, he doesn't he, have it, right? Right. And he finally just says, I gotta have help. And he calls. And he's also not thinking clearly because he's been drugged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, give me some th- a sleeping medicine and I'm not gonna be able to think clearly for days. I'm yeah. not gonna be able to tell you how much money's in my bank account mm-hmm. and what I need to do and, and I don't think I can do that sober. Of course. I mean it's that's just a difficult difficult thing to to do. All right, I'm not going to help you like Matt Mustard any anymore. I mean this is You've uh, done all you can for for well, Colonel gonna, Mustard I'm, in the library with the <laughs> notepad yeah so here we go matt mustard is going to ask denise's mother about denise's childhood now he is the investigator for the vallejo police department or one of them i don't know if he's the only one he's the one who caught this case but he's the one who got this case okay so just to remind you who he is and which police department he works for Mm -hmm. i'm going to really zone in on some terrible police but there is a light at the end of the tunnel because I'm going to also tell you about some good police. Okay. So, hold on. All right. Okay, so Matt Mustard asks Denise's mother about Denise's childhood and her, and her mother tells him that Denise was molested at age 12. Now, the documentary doesn't really go into a lot of detail. Right, the only, it's unnecessary. Yeah, the yeah. only reason I'm telling you this is because of his response to her mother while this woman is missing. He says that women who were sexually assaulted when they were young will, quote, often pretend to have it happen again so they can relive the thrill of it. This is a police department. End quote. Telling the mother of a missing a, a person. Missing, a missing woman. Mm-hmm. Adult human being. Mm-hmm. She did this on purpose because she liked it the first time and she wants to experience to, that thrill again. To relive the thrill of it. Okay. That makes me want to put my head through a wall. I had to pause the documentary at this point. When you, I had to pause it. When you, br- when you were about to say this, I remembered this part and it, I was already getting angry. Makes me want to put Mustard's head through a wall. Yeah, definitely. March 24th, 2015. Someone emails a reporter at a local newspaper at 12.23 p.m. saying the kidnapping victim will be dropped off the following day. Now, there is also a recording of Denise as proof of life. She gives her name, that she is okay, and gives a current event 
to prove that she's still alive. Okay, like there was a plane crash. There was. She talks about a plane crash yeah. that happened earlier that day. This information comes via email from an unknown source. It just says unknown sender. And it's an audio file, right? It's an audio file. And I remember listening to it and like they picked this apart because she doesn't sound in distress. No. And she doesn't, she honestly Mm -hmm. sounds annoyed. Mm -hmm. She does. Later we'll determine she's been drugged too. Yeah. She sounds like Patty Hearst. That's what I thought. Remember when we talked about Patty Patty Hearst? Hearst. Mom, dad, I'm okay. She does. That's the first thing I thought. My name is Denise Huskins. I'm a, I'm kidnapped, I'm but kidnapped. otherwise I'm fine. Otherwise I'm fine. Something like that. Yeah, it's like you know I can't be completely fine because I've been kidnapped, yeah. basically. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm fine, or I'm okay, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. March twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, the kidnapper releases Denise Huskins in the morning hours in Huntington Beach, California. Now, why Huntington Beach? This is near her family, her childhood home, and hundreds of miles from where she was abducted from mm-hmm. right? i think it's a, a like a four hour yeah it was like 400 miles yeah mm-hmm. yeah away right. in Huntington beach yes yeah, they, they've traveled south mm-hmm. yeah there is video footage of her calmly walking up to her childhood home and going in now law enforcement's going to say too calmly she's walking too calmly yeah. yes because they're trying to piece together the predetermined story that they've already chiseled they've already, into their brains maybe right the, in their minds they've already figured out what's happened first it was Aaron Aaron did this mm-hmm. just go ahead and say you did it did, she's gone she's not with us anymore oh goodness now she's with us right wait a minute she's too calm she's walking too calmly now let's move that goalpost yeah now they she's both are in, in on, it. on it right exactly okay Approximately 9.27 p.m. on March 25th, Vallejo Police Department Information Officer Lieutenant Kenny Park tells the press the kidnapping is a hoax. Aaron and Denise, quote, plundered valuable resources from the community, end quote, and owe the community an apology. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says that just as plain as the nose on my face in a press conference. Yes, I mean, he is angry. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, totally put out. Yeah. Oh, and remember the clip from Nancy Grace, who, speaking of people (sighs) whose head I would like to put through a wall, uh, she's, of course, pounces on this story. Oh, the media, yeah, and I'm going to get to them. Okay, sorry. Don't don't you worry, but I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I'm only mediocre, so I (laughs) I didn't get that, that that was coming. (laughs) Denise gives them a statement initially but but she immediately gets a lawyer and her lawyer tells her don't say another word come meet with me and let's discuss right because the police don't they say she you know she's supposed to come talk to us but now but now she hasn't yeah she was originally cooperating with us but now she's not well she had given them a statement Mm -hmm. and then she got a lawyer and then got a lawyer and the lawyer said hold up you need to tell me the story And the lawyer was out of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? I can't remember. It was. So she had to get on a plane and go see this lawyer Mm -hmm. and meet with him. And then Mm -hmm. he decided, we need to contact the Vallejo Police Department. We need you to tell them the story, but we also need a sexual assault kit. Because Denise tells him that while she was in captivity, she was sexually assaulted twice. Mm-hmm. 
by the abductor. So I'm going to get into that now. In the meantime, the media is going to further expand on this hoax. While she's flying to San Francisco to talk to her lawyer and get all of that under, uh, under her, her ducks in a row, let's say it that way. The media is going to burn her. I mean, her picture is everywhere. The, the police department, the lawyer tells her, they've thrown you under the bus. Yeah. The media eats this up. I mean, they feast on it. The local San Francisco Chronicle, mm-hmm. they're all over it. National, you mentioned Nancy Grace Ugh. has got her picture Yuck. flashing up there. It, with the word hoax, hoax somewhere nearby. It's everywhere. The, the headline is real life gone girl. That's mm-hmm. how she says it. Yeah, is, this, is she a real life gone girl? Yeah. You know, she's Ugh, doing her Don't big, make me think about whatever Nancy the heck Grace, she's please. doing. Uh, and that's, that's what the headlines are flashing. And if you don't everywhere. know, Gone Girl is a movie where the. Oh, I'm going to get into oh, that. Are you? Okay, absolutely. And it had just, that movie hadn't been out for long when this took place. It so had been out for not even a year. It was a way for the mediocre uh, mainstream media mm-hmm. to explain this story in one sentence where anybody could understand it, it and get intrigued movie. and want mm-hmm. to jump in and. Absolutely. Get and the I details. do, I didn't mean to stop you there, Katie, but no, I, no, you're I do have a, I've got a whole section yes, please, on okay. Gone yeah, go Girl. Go ahead. So, March 26th, 2015, at 10 a.m., Denise meets with Matt Mustard and another FBI agent, David Sesma. She tells them what happened. Now, during this meeting, the media is outside the police station, and they're saying she's in there right now, and they're speculating that she's probably confessing to her hoax. But what she is telling them in there is what happened to her that night and the following two days. She woke to a laser and flashing light. He took her from the house and drugged her. He put swim goggles on her eyes. And these swim goggles had duct tape over the the lenses where you couldn't see anything. He put her in the trunk of a car, drove a few miles, made her get out of the trunk, put her in another trunk, and drove longer. She recalled that the second car had a very loud engine that sounded very similar to a Mustang. Very or, distinctive or, sound yeah. a Mustang has. And why do you know that, Scott? I drive one. Yeah, so we know that sound. That's, yeah. And she, That's on she, purpose. She heard that. She said she's trying to count stops. She's trying to count turns. But the drugs are starting to kick in, and she's groggy. She She's losing a sense of, of where she is. He takes her to a remote cabin. We are later going to learn. I'm going ahead and, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, <clears throat> spoiler alert. I don't think that came out right. <laughs> it sounded uh, weird. <clears throat> ah, so... We're going to later find out that that cabin is near Lake Tahoe. So it's out in the, in the, there's tr- big trees everywhere. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a secluded area. He kept her in a room. He kept the goggles on her. He videotaped them having sex twice. The first time, Denise said that she just lied there and waited for it to be over. The second time, he told her that she had to make it look believable as if they were a couple because his associates were not happy with the first performance and they were going to harm her family if she didn't. And the videotape is to 
Why did he, he never fully explains? Okay. Why? What is the point of the video? He tape? always blames his quote associates. Okay. For those kinds of things, they they're making me. Do, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm the good guy. I'm right. the nice guy. Okay. But they want this to happen. So two times she is sexually assaulted. While she is there, he tells her he's a war vet with PTSD, that he has insomnia. And he also tells her that he's sorry, but he didn't intend to abduct her. He had, it was supposed to be Aaron's ex-fiance, Amber, that he, that was the target of this abduction. Well, that's not a very cohesive plan if you're months late to the scene of the crime and you've taken the wrong person. Mm-hmm. She said that he played this upbeat French dance music while she was captive. And he did eventually tell her that he was letting her go, but he couldn't take her back to her home because of the, the police and the media were everywhere. So he had to drop her off somewhere else. When he put her back into the car, he kept the goggles on her, drove her to Huntington Beach to her childhood home. He let her out a few blocks away, told her to wait a few minutes then take the goggles off, and then walk home. And she did as she was told. And that's what the, the, her walking back in is what was caught on camera. She's also being drugged on and off throughout the entire incident. So, again, that explains the calmness, the... The slow way she's walking. It's not like she's she's running away from this guy, running down the street, screaming, help me, help me, help me. She's walking. She's walking because he's told her, look, it's not just me. You know, I have associates. They're going to harm. You know, he's threatened her entire family if she doesn't do exactly what he says. And she's just not really believing she's being let go. So when she is, she does exactly what he says because she doesn't want to be taken again. Basically. He could be circling around the block to, to nab me again. Yes. So she tells this to Matt Mustard and FBI agent Sesma. And they start asking her questions. Now her lawyers in the room the whole time, they start asking her questions like, did you fight back? Why didn't you fight back? Mm -hmm. Did you scream? Why didn't you scream? And the lawyer takes notice of this and and notices that they're looking at her. This is a quote from her lawyer. Like she was a piece of trash. Like she was a criminal, end quote. They take a break. They return and they tell her there's uh, so many inconsistencies with your story. And we want you to know that it is a crime to lie to a federal agent. In the meantime, they, they conduct this medical examination, and it shows that Denise has had intercourse within the last 48 hours. As she claimed. Mm-hmm. Her lawyer pulls them aside and defends her and says, how, how can you possibly believe she's lying? There has not been one discrepancy in her story. And Matt Mustard looks at him and says, well, haven't you seen the movie Gone Girl? Mm-hmm. So that's the second time we've mentioned that movie. So let's talk about that. For those of you out there who don't know what Gone Girl is, it is a movie 
that was released in October of 2014. Now we're in March of 2015, so it, it's not it's just been, been that out long. for six months. Probably still playing in some theaters. Yes, at that time, it was a very successful movie. Mm-hmm. People loved the twist, the plot twist. It was a book in 2012. Yeah, uh, Jillian Flynn yes. wrote the book. It's a very good book. I, I read the book. I did too, and I yeah. I think it's better than the movie. Yes. I don't think the movie was bad, though. Yeah. But the book is so much better, I recommend everybody reading it. Gone Girl, 2012. Ben Affleck, uh, Rosamund Pike yes. starred in the film. Yes. And I'm not going, well, I, I guess I am going to spoil it. Sorry. Still read the book, though. It's, yeah. it's good. Um, in the book, the... The wife discovers that the husband has been cheating on her. Mm-hmm. So she fakes her own death and he quickly becomes the main suspect. Media circus. Right. And then she pops back up out of nowhere. So there's a lot much there's a lot more that happens. I, I you know, yeah. it's okay. You can still read it. It's but great. You could guess that from the fact that they were comparing mm-hmm. her to Gong Girl. Yeah, we yes. didn't spoil it. No, we didn't. They did. Matt Mustard did. Blame him. If you haven't read it or seen it by now, that's on you, not us. If you're going to blame anybody, blame him. Yeah. (laughs) While we're at it. (laughs) So that's that's Gone Girl. And that's what they keep. It's such a sensational thing. Oh, my goodness. We just had this movie come out. Here's a real life situation where this girl has pretended to be kidnapped. Yes, she's pretended to be kidnapped. And they tell Denise, you're looking at a few years in prison for this lie mm-hmm. to a federal agent. So in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to now go to prison. I just was abducted and sexually assaulted twice. And now I'm going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going through her mind. On March 26, 2015, approximately 2.13 p.m., the unknown email sender is going to send another one to that same local newspaper reporter. And it is basically a manifesto describing the kidnapping. On March 28th, 2015, 4.39 PM, another email is sent to that same paper detailing the kidnapping. March 30th, 2015, an email is sent to Lieutenant Kenny Park. Remember him? The public relations guy. Mr. Press conference. Yeah. He's with the Vallejo Police Department demanding that they publicly apologize to Denise for calling the kidnapping a hoax. March 31st, 2015, another email is sent to Lieutenant Park saying it was a hoax and you owe her an apology. Wait, saying it was a hoax? It was not a hoax. It was not a hoax. I'm sorry. It was not a hoax and you owe her an apology. And uh, they are blaming these unknown emails on Aaron and Denise. They're saying that they they figured out how to send these unknown emails. This is part of their plan. Because why it doesn't make any sense that the kidnapper would would reach out to the police and and, and make these claims. It's almost as if he cares about Denise. Mm -hmm. Which is Mm -hmm. just fascinating to someone like like me. Like he really did kidnap the wrong person and let her go and now he feels bad about it. And he feels bad about it and that is fascinating to me because what you don't have is this cold-blooded I don't know. It's You're not He's not fitting. He the doesn't mold. fit any mold. No, so really? far, no. Mm-hmm. Strange, yeah, and, and also fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, 
they are telling people about these emails that they're doing it. Let's just think about this for a second, guys. What if they are lying at this point? What do they if have? Aaron and Denise are lying. Yeah, what what do they have to gain? Yeah, what's what's Because they're not Is it the fame? Do they think oh they just want to be famous? They wanted to maybe, they're nuts because they want to copy the film? Maybe. And get the notoriety from that. They're not blackmailing anybody. They're not right. asking for money from the police department. Aaron is the only one who claims that he's been asked for money. Right. Mm-hmm. Why would he set up all this and then ask himself for money? Right. That yeah, like not her parents. And not a not, lot of money. Seventeen thousand dollars? Really? It's random. Yeah. It's that very is, random. It's it just doesn't I don't understand what they would have to gain by doing all this. Mm-hmm. Other I, than the fame, maybe. So yeah, the, she the, the notoriety, but I'm sure Nancy Grace is pointing at them and saying, They think <sighs> they're coming on my show, they're not coming on my show, but they don't have to at that point because she's mentioned their name. Right. For and weeks I, at a and time. as I talk about this, you know, like I said, during this time, Denise is taking all kinds of abuse in the media and online. There are social media idiots who are sending awful things to her and even saying they wish she had died. She got one message in the documentary from a Becky. Not even brave enough to give her last name. And it just simply said, F you. Oh. It spelled out. I'll bet her real name was Karen. And I said, I'm thinking, that's original and bold, Becky. Mm, Good yeah, for you. Nice. So, Becky, I hope you're listening. And yeah. I hope you feel bad. Yeah. What's that old saying? It's better to remain quiet and let people wonder if you're an idiot than to speak up and remove all doubt. Yes. <laughs> I yes. love that saying. The media and the police department continue to focus on Denise and Aaron, and they do absolutely nothing to investigate this case. And we'll find out more about this after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you in part by A&W Outdoor Services, located right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. It's almost time to tidy up the deck, clean the gutters, and spruce up the yard and landscaping around your home, lake house, or creekside cabin. And who better to do that for you than the professional crew at A&W Outdoor Services? Call 256-706-7964 and let Alan and his crew do all the hard work for you so you can spend your time this summer enjoying your piece of Cherokee County in clean, carefree comfort. Call Alan today for a free estimate or to get on the A&W spring schedule before it's full. That's A&W Outdoor Services at 256-706-7964. Hey guys, do you know what time it is? Tell us. It's time to plan your best vacation ever right here in beautiful Cherokee County, Alabama. Many outdoor adventures await. You can wet a hook in beautiful Weiss Lake, swing away at Cherokee Pines Golf Club, climb to the best year-round at Cherokee Rock Village, hike the Little River Canyon National Preserve, take a day's-long splash at Pirates Bay Water Park, and there's so much more. The Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism has a full list of recommended lodging facilities, RV sites, and campgrounds, and they're all set up to suit your vacation needs, whatever they may be. So come see us from wherever you are located. And if you already live right here in Cherokee County, then plan your summer staycation with the Chamber by visiting Cherokee-Chamber.org. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Now. Kelly, are you going to make us feel any better about this? <laughs> Maybe. Here, here we go. Fast forward from March 31st when that last email was sent to, you know, 
Mr. Parks to June the 5th, 2015. A 911 call comes in to the Dublin Police Department. This is Dublin, California. Okay. About 40 miles from Vallejo. A home invasion is happening right now. The lady, you can hear her on the phone. It's about 3.34 a.m. They're on North Terracina Drive. And she's saying, a man broke into our home. My husband is fighting with him right now. You can kind of hear the the commotion. Police arrived to discover that Chung Yin is bloody. He's got a big gash on his head. His wife, Lynn, is tending to that. And um, they say that their 22-year-old daughter is safe, but was the target of this intruder. Okay. He was going to tie them up and sexually assault the daughter. The intruder is telling them this. They woke up to a laser light in their face you know, flat flashing lights and the intruders telling them what's telling going them what to he's going to do, mm-hmm. like the movies. Yeah, and so the dad starts fighting with him, and and he runs away. But the daughter says, "There's a cell phone on our kitchen counter. He left that. <laughs> His own. The intruder. Cell has phone. Left a cell phone. Yes." This is starting to sound like uh, uh, raising Arizona. So the police from Dublin call the phone and a woman answers. And they just pretend that it's a lost phone. Okay. And like they, they want to return it. They call a number on the phone. They call the, uh, I think the the most recent gotcha. phone call uh, okay. or, or the most recent caller or something. Mm-hmm. And the woman says... Let me put on my glasses. I'll tell you what she says. The woman says the phone belongs to her son, Matthew Muller. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you mention him at the beginning of the show? I did. And they said, well, we would love to return his cell phone to him. Mm -hmm. Do you know where he is? Uh, And she says, absolutely. He's currently staying at our cabin in Lake Tahoe. So let me tell you about some good police officers. Misty Caruso was a rookie detective at the time this this happened. She she is now, I believe, present day a sergeant. And then at the time, she was working with Sergeant Miguel Campos, who I believe now is a captain. And if I mispronounce their last names, I'm truly sorry. They are with the Dublin Police Department, and then also it's the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. Okay. That's the Oakland area. Oakland, Alameda County, I think is, uh, okay. is yeah, so, I think that's around Oakland. So the Alameda County Sheriff's Detectives, they, they are going to get an arrest warrant for Mueller and search warrants for his car and two locations, including that cabin in Lake Tahoe. So already in 30 minutes, they've done more investigative work about trying to solve whatever this crazy case is than the folks in Vallejo, uh, Colonel Mustard and FBI agent Sesma. Uh-huh. And Agent French. Done a lot more than those guys have. Already. And, and they, first of all, they believed their victims. When right. the victims called. Yeah. They believed that something there had happened. Mm-hmm. And here's a phone. Oh, well, let's not put it on airplane mode. Let's 
do something with this phone. Mm-hmm. When they get to the home, in, uh, it's in South Lake Tahoe. They find toy guns painted black, and one has a laser taped to it. The windows in the home are covered, and the the rookie detective, Misty Caruso, she says she immediately thought, oh, no. When, when you get into the home and, and windows are covered and things like that, it just it, it's not an easy feeling that yeah. they're having. There's a NyQuil bottle and a syringe in the bathroom. There is a stolen white Mustang outside of the cabin with Matthew Muller's license in it. They get into the car. The GPS is pulled up, and there are various places listed on the GPS, and one was Huntington Beach. And, That's where Denise and, got dropped off. Correct. And and she's, Misty Caruso is saying, and I'm just going to call her Sergeant Caruso okay. because that, that's who she is now. She um, said, why, why would he be going to all of these different places? But, but she zoned in on this and this, this is something that we need to, to look at. There's a blow-up doll in the trunk for whatever reason. There's a nylon belt, and in the pocket of the nylon belt, there, there's a pair of goggles. The eyes are duct taped so that you couldn't see through them. And she sees a single strand of blonde hair on the duct tape. And she ev- immediately says, oh my goodness, because the victim in Dublin does not have blonde hair. Right. And she's thinking, the windows are taped. The place is a wreck. It's just dirty, she says. They show a, a picture of, of one of the beds there. And literally, there's like an empty, you know, you know when you use all the paper towels and the, the board part, the yeah, middle the, the part. the cardboard tube. It's just lying on a bed. There's, there's tissue paper all over the bed and a giant bottle of lotion. Nope, nope. Just nope. disgusting. The place is, is disgusting. There's dirty dishes everywhere. There's there's just crap everywhere that they're and then all of this other stuff that they're finding. His computer is searched and a recording is found uh, that is consistent with what Aaron and Denise reported, the one where this generated voice gives them instructions. Mm-hmm. So on June 8th, 2015, at approximately 7.15 a.m., Muller is taken into custody without incident at the South Lake Tahoe home. He's taken into custody by the Alameda, Alameda, is that Alameda, you, Alameda right. County mm-hmm. Sheriff's Office detectives, the good police. The, uh, on June 23rd, FBI received a notification from the Vallejo Police Department that Alameda County Sheriff's detectives are investigating a home invasion that is similar to the Vallejo kidnapping. June 25th, 2015 at 1 p.m., FBI special agents meet with the Dublin Police Services investigators of the Alameda County Sheriff's Department at the Dublin Police Services Station to discuss similarities between the June 5th home invasion, and the March 23rd kidnapping. On June 29th, 2015, the FBI obtains a warrant for the arrest of Matt Muller for the Vallejo kidnapping. On July the 13th, the FBI announces in a press release that Matthew Muller was charged the prior month in connection with the Vallejo kidnapping. 
and Denise Huskins and Aaron Quinn hold a press conference on this day with their attorneys. Their attorneys say Vallejo Police Department owes them an apology. Uh-huh. How about that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Belated, but do. Yep. Denise would later tell the the folks in the Netflix documentary that she wanted to stand there and look all those media people in the face as they learned that she was not lying after all the terrible things they had said about her. Can't even imagine. No. I can't imagine me being able to keep it together at that point. Yeah. Mm-mm. I would have to maybe tell them exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I, just, I would just be screaming. I would be so filled with yeah. rage. I think like, my lawyer would say, no, this is a terrible idea, Kelly. You, mm-hmm. you yeah, just you need can't. to sit tight. Yeah. Yeah. On September the 18th, Matt Muller pleads no contest to the Dublin home invasion in June. His time is going to be served concurrently with whatever his federal sentence will be in the Vallejo kidnapping. So two days later, September, oh no, three days later, September 21st, 2015, he's arraigned in federal court on a complaint linking him to the Vallejo kidnapping. October the 1st, he's indicted by a federal grand jury charging him with one count of kidnapping. He pleads guilty to this. In exchange, the government's going to seek 40 years as opposed to life, but it's going to be up to the judge. On March the 16th, 2017, the judge sentences him to 40 years. Okay, so he pled guilty to get... To avoid a life sentence. And he was only charged with the kidnapping. He's never been charged with the sexual assaults. Only charged with the kidnapping. So, let's recap. The bad police are Uh Matt Mustard, Kenny Parks, Agent French, and Agent Sesma, who it is later... Agent Sesma used to date Amber... Aaron's really, ex. Aaron's ex fiance, mm-hmm. and he was in there when they were questioning Denise and De- t- terrible conflict of interest. Sounds like something and screwy. Didn't they bring sure. that up? They and did bring that up in the documentary. Yeah, and they they said that they had de- internally determined that there was. Yeah, Denise's nothing lawyer wrong. wrote a letter yeah. to. Yeah, they, they, I think the attorney general's office. Yeah, and, and they determined and they there was said, nothing wrong. Nothing untoward about that. It's fine. It's fine. Crazy. Okay. All right. Whatever. Glasses. Sorry. <laughs> I keep taking them off and talking. Mueller never stated why Amber was the intended target. Mm-hmm. I think that while he was creeping around Mayor Island. Yeah, that's what I think. In 2014. Because yeah. that's, let me take you back to when I was talking about that. You know, Vallejo didn't do anything about that either. Right. The police department, some citizens Ugh. had to kind of take that. No big deal. They learned that he was ex-military and a lawyer. How do you not learn, if you're a California law enforcement, how do you not learn the lessons from so many incidents that begin like that? The, the Golden State Killer, the mm-hmm. Zodiac Killer. We've done mm-hmm. both of those series here on True mm-hmm. Crime on Easy Street. Yeah. And and it, it it involved aspects of this same type of story. Somebody lurking around in the neighborhood, somebody who doesn't belong there. And I think this guy was, he this was snapping actually, photographs and running into the night, right? He was, mm-hmm. and, but he actually lived on Mare Island. So he was doing this to the people that he, yeah. he lived near. And they, he's got a list. Find this, but you see him graduating up in his crimes. Yep. He first starts off as a as a peeping Tom yep. and snapping. Same as the Golden State Killer. Trespassing. Yep. Yeah. Then he's 
home and breaking into homes. But before he did that, there was a time before he was creeping around Mare Island, he's a suspect in some sexual assaults or attempted sexual assaults going as far back as 2009. He was, he was getting up his nerve. Yeah. And one lady reports a man breaking into her apartment in the night, tying her up and eventually letting her go after she pleads with him. Oh yeah. She's begging him, you know, because he's telling her that he's going to rape her and she's, she's pleading and begging for him not to do that. And then he, he pauses, he lets out a big sigh and then he, he says, I can't do this. And then gives her safety tips on how to keep this from happening again. Mm -hmm. You should get a dog. You should. So we're seeing that where he's get trying to get up his nerve, but there's also this strange care that he has for his victims Mm -hmm. because he's telling all of them, I'm sorry, this is going to mess you up for a while. Yeah. Well, and that's, we talk about, psychopaths a lot on this show and they're the ones who don't have any compassion for their fellow human beings. So that's a, an odd thing about this person, this, this Muller, mm-hmm. because usually that wouldn't be an aspect of somebody who is, is willing or able to eventually perpetrate these types of crimes. You don't care about the victim. You don't see them as a person. Right. And he's it's an weird. immigration lawyer. That was, from, he got a law degree from Harvard. Harvard. Harvard law. Got disbarred though, right? He was disbarred in 2015. Yeah. Can you guess why? Lying? Uh, getting uh, 40 years in jail. Oh, for, sure. Oh, he was disbarred after this. He was disbarred in 2015. Okay. Um, and I think it was because when all of this crap hit the fan and he got arrested. Oh, okay. I thought he was disbarred before. Yeah, that's what. He was disbarred in 2015. He okay. was arrested in 2015. Okay. So. So it probably wasn't a hard decision for, nope. for the committee. Probably, <laughs> probably an not. easy one. Probably not. Anyways, he had been a suspect in three home invasion attacks in the Mountain View and Palo Alto area. And so that goes as far back as 2009 up to 2012. So what it seems like is all that was going on. Then he moves to Mare Island and starts his peeping Tom process in 2014. And then finally, I think possibly he zoned in on Aaron and Amber. Yeah. At the time. He just, he had a list. Hey, I'll go back there sometime. And, and enough time passed that Aaron's relationship changed. By the time he, he broke in, mm-hmm. it was there Denise. Was Denise. Mm-hmm. Which would explain him saying, I'm sorry, this was meant for the other person. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is eventually learned that there were two calls that came into Aaron's phone on March the 24th. Remember the phone that was put on airplane While mode? While it was on airplane mode. These calls, when you, they could be traced to a location that was approximately 200 meters of where Denise was being held. At makes the me cabin so angry. South and, Lake Tahoe. And they learn in this documentary when they read the affidavit that if they had just listened to Aaron and monitored his phone, mm-hmm. that she could have been saved at least from the second sexual assault. Madness. It just makes no sense as to why they wouldn't have at least monitored the phone. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to rationalize. And something like what you guys said, maybe they were trying to keep it charged, which doesn't make any sense. They just didn't plug give it in any somewhere. rationale. No. 
No, because there isn't any. uh, No, no. And don't think they ever got an apology, but they did sue the city of Vallejo and received $2.5 million. Okay, well, that's enough to... But don't think that anything happened to any of these cops Mm. that I'm talking about. In fact, promotions happened, Mm. all kinds of great things. Yeah, like uh, uh, Mustard was the Vallejo Police Detective of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yes, that year, yes. In 2015. Yeah. And they sued for defamation, and they settled out of court. But and a defamation suit is not an easy suit to win. No, so, and they still won. And they, yeah. yeah. But I don't think they ever got their apology. No, no, no. That's but they got... They, they, you that, know, they settled out of court. They make it a lot easier so. to prove got, defamation if They got, you got $2.5 an million dollars worth of an apology, yeah. if, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, did... <laughs> Let me give you a happy ending. Yes, All right. Can please. I give you one of those? Aaron and Denise eventually married. And they are still married today. And they have two beautiful daughters. That okay, good. So, they were able to pick up the pieces and at least have a life together. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear all of the details, I, of course, we're the one-on-one yep. version. If you want to hear all of the details of this uh, Denise has a book out, and the Netflix documentary is called American Nightmare. Mm. Now, I don't know. I'm going to put Denise's book in our show notes because okay, I good. don't have the title with me okay. right now, but I'll put it in the show notes so that, or I'll get Katie too. I won't put it in anything. I'll I'll send it to Katie and ask nicely if she will put the, put it in the show <laughs> notes so that you can click on that if you wanted to read her book. And Check out that Netflix documentary, American Nightmare. It's three episodes. They're about an hour each, maybe yeah. a little less. It's a good watch. Yeah. Kevin and I watched all three back to back to back. Yes, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Once once you see the first one, mm-hmm. you've, you're, you're going to yourself, There's I've got to see how this ends because right now I'm just, I, I want to put my foot through the TV screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At these people in the Vallejo Police Department. I've got to get some satisfaction out of this story. There's got to be some at the end, so you got to keep going. Yep. And so, because this is my podcast, I know it's yours too, Scott and Katie. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna step on my soapbox just for a minute because I can. This case sickens me. It sickens me because not only did the police act like ignorant fools, but the media did as well, going right along with it and continually comparing it to a movie. Because that was the sensational story that they wanted it to be. Shame on you, Vallejo Police Department. Shame on you, FBI agents who failed this couple. And shame on you, media, local and national, for not doing your job. All you care about is a sensational story and high ratings and your egocentric, bloated faces on TV. Shame on you. I hope you lost sleep. I hope Nancy Grace heard that. That's it. That's my soapbox. All right. And I'm staying on it. (laughs) As you should, because that's exactly how I felt after watching that. All right. Thanks for the icky feeling I'm going to have for the rest of the afternoon. Once I step outside, though, and the cold wind hits me, I'm going to forget about it. But don't despair if you're out there listening to us on Wednesday or Thursday. It's warm now in Northeast Alabama, whether you care about us or not. You folks up there in Alaska can roll your eyes at me today for bitching about 20 degrees. But at least it'll be 65 here on Thursday. Guys, don't forget to say something nice about us on your podcast platform of choice. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And we love it when you listen to us on Spotify. So we're asking you to do two things when you only have to do one. But please do that anyway. Mm-hmm. 
follow us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Say something nice there. And make sure to include your name and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode of the show. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Is that it? Are we done? I'm done. Good night, everybody. <laughs>